Well, welcome to Raider Church in week one of our new series called Greater Things. My name's Clayton Walker. I'm one of the pastors here at Raider Church. And I got to watch Stranger Things, the series, over the break, but I had to watch it all by myself, like I was all alone. Uh, no one wanted to watch it with me. My wife, Darby, won't watch anything scary, like anything remotely scary or intense, or she has bad dreams and can't sleep and thinks people are coming in to take her and shoot her and kill all of us in our sleep, okay? So she won't watch anything remotely scary or intense with me. She likes comedy. Uh, she doesn't want to even watch anything that's too emotional. And, and she's a girl. I'm like, what? what's wrong? You're like, don't you want to watch things that are emotional? And she's like, no. That's too, that's too much energy. Like it takes too much, takes too much out of me. Like I just want to laugh and have a good time. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm watching this series by myself. My kids can't watch it with me. It's a little too intense for them. They wouldn't even be able to sleep at night. I mean, imagine like, hey, good night, kids. Uh, sleep tight. Don't let the demigorgon bite. I mean, it's just not going to go well. They would never sleep again. And then they would all end up in my bed with my wife and I, and that's not going to work. Okay. For a lot of reasons, that's not going to work. So, so I had to watch the series all by myself, but sometimes at, at, at night I, I do, uh, I'll spend, I spend time with our kids and, and, uh, we'll, we'll sing songs together and we'll read the Bible together and we'll do those kinds of things. And when we go to bed, like when I, when I do, before I leave, like I'll, I have this thing I do with each one of my kids. It's kind of like a handshake, but instead of a handshake, it's like the way that we say goodnight. And so we like rattle off all these things like real fast. And, and so I do it with the, I've done it with the boys ever since they were like tiny, tiny. And, and so it's kind of grown and we've added more and more things onto it. Kind of like, you know, a handshake with your friends. Like you add more and more things onto that handshake. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Others of you are like, I, what handshake? What are you talking about? So anyways, but we do this thing at night and we do it every night where we, we say goodnight and we tell them, you know, sleep good, sweet dreams, see you in the morning. I love you all my heart. Uh, snug as a bug in a rug, best friends, buddy. God loves you and, 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 uh, and God thinks you're special. And then I always end it. We added these things on like over the years. So, but I end it with telling them and God has a huge plan for your life. And then they say the same thing back to me, dad, God has a huge plan for your life. And I tell them that because I want them to know that God does have a huge plan for their life. That God has a plan and a purpose for their life that they may not even be able to imagine yet. And listen, I want you to know that same thing tonight that God has a huge plan for your life. Now, you might say, listen, bro, you know, Clay, you, you don't know me. Like, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what kind of person I am. Like, there's nothing special about me. Listen, God has a huge plan for your life. Does it matter where you've been? Does it matter what you've done? Or if you think there's something special about you or not, God has a huge plan for your life and I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. If you got a Bible, turn to John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, you can go to RaiderChurch.com and follow along with us. The notes are there. The verses are there. You can follow right along with us. RaiderChurch.com, uh, click on sermon notes and then you can follow along kind of with us in the message as we go. But I want to prove this to you 
tonight. And you may be here and you're like, I'm not too sure about this whole Jesus thing, this whole church thing. And I just want to tell you, man, we are glad that you are here. We exist really for people like you that aren't too sure about this whole Jesus thing, that aren't too sure about this whole church thing. But I, I want to invite you, even if that's you tonight, and you would say, maybe you're not even a believer or follower of Jesus. Man, I'm, I'm pumped that you're here. I, I just want to invite you maybe to ask the question, man, if this God does exist, what kind of plan might he have for my life? So let's go. I want to prove this to you. John chapter 14. Jesus is telling the disciples at the beginning of John chapter 14 that he's leaving, that he's going to heaven. He's basically told them, kind of prophesying what's going to happen about his life, that he's going to be handed over to uh, the Jews and the Romans and they're going to crucify him. And, and he's already told his disciples that he's going to be risen again one day. And so he's telling them that his time's kind of come and it's time for him to go. And the disciples are worried. Like, well, Jesus, if you're going to go, then what are we going to do? Like, what do we, what do we do? How, how could we keep on going? We've given everything for you. We've left everything for you. And so if you're going, then what? Now what? And so Jesus is bringing them some comfort and telling them not to worry and that he's going to heaven ultimately with his father to prepare a place for them and for every one of us that would become followers of Jesus, God was, is gone, or Jesus has gone to heaven to prepare a place for us. And he continues to go through John 14, addressing some of their, their worries and, and their fears, like if he goes, then what? And I want you to remember, and if you don't know, that this, this group, these disciples are just average guys. In fact, some of them are notorious sinners, like Matthew, the, the tax collector, who was a, a cheat and a liar and, and a thief. Others were just normal, everyday fishermen. There was nothing special about any of these guys. In fact, many of them were looked down upon by the rest of society. And so I want you to remember who Jesus is talking to because you're going to read these verses and you're going to think, man, there must have been something amazing and, and special about these guys. And they must have done so much to prove to Jesus that they were worthy of what Jesus is about to tell them. And you couldn't be further from the truth. There's nothing special about these guys. And so it makes what Jesus says in these verses so incredible and so hopeful for you and me that can relate to them who have messed up pasts, who've come from broken situations, who are just normal, everyday, average people, maybe feeling like there's nothing special about me. How could God have a huge plan for my life? There's nothing special about me. That's the kind of people that Jesus is talking to in this moment. And he says something so incredible, so amazing, so hope-filled and hopeful to this group of guys. Watch this, John 14, verse 12. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. In other words, like, I promise you guys, I'm telling you the truth. Anyone, anyone, you guys, you, you that's here tonight, you who grew up in church your whole life, you who hasn't had anything ever to do with Jesus in, in, in your whole life, anyone, regardless of what you've done, where you've been, how you've messed up, what the last week looked like, what today looked like, anyone, Jesus says, I promise you, anyone who believes in me will, watch this, do the same works I have done. 
Anyone who believes in me, Jesus said, you believe in me, you can do the same things I've been doing. And then he says, and even greater works because I am going to the Father. And we'll talk more about this specifically in, in week three, just how this is possible. But Jesus tells this, this group of ordinary guys, in fact, Peter and John, two of the disciples, were before the, the Sanhedrin, which was the kind of the spiritual or just ruling council, council of, the, of the Jews, and, and they're in trouble for talking about Jesus. And, and they actually say about Peter and John, they were unschooled, ordinary guys. Like in other words, these are uneducated, ordinary, average guys. That's who Jesus is talking to here. Yet he tells them, if you believe in me, if you follow me, you'll do the things that I've been doing. In fact, you'll do even greater things. Anyone, that includes you, that includes me. Anyone who believes in Jesus can do the things that Jesus did. In fact, he said even greater things. Does that not amaze anyone else in the room besides me? God has a huge plan for the, your life. He was basically telling the disciples, guys, I promise, I've got a huge plan for your life. I've got a greater plan than you could ever possibly imagine. Guys, God is going to use you to do incredible, impossible things. You believe in me, you trust in me. You're gonna do the things that I've been doing. What, what, was, what did Jesus do? Jesus would, was, was preaching to Christ. He would heal people. Like people who were lame and couldn't walk would then walk because Jesus healed them. People who were blind and couldn't see, even from birth, Jesus would heal their eyes and, and, and they could see. You know, the writers of the gospel said that, that there was hundreds and, and, and tons more miracles that Jesus did, but they said, but we wouldn't be able to tell all of them because there wouldn't be enough room to tell of all the things that Jesus did, all the miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus did. And Jesus tells these guys, these normal, everyday people with messed up, past, broken situations, he tells them, you can do the things that I've been doing. In fact, you'll do greater things. I've got a huge plan for your life. You know, these guys, even in the time they had been with Jesus, after years, several years of being with Jesus, they still didn't understand who Jesus was. They still doubted. They still had fears. They still denied Jesus, Peter. They still betrayed Jesus, Judas. After Jesus is crucified, they're in hiding in fear that they may be next. And so they're in a room and the, and the doors are locked and they're afraid, they're, they're fearful. Does that sound like anyone else in the room to me? You've questioned Jesus, you've doubted Jesus, you've been afraid, you've been fearful. You've been wondering, God, are you really there? I mean, can you imagine the disciples being in that, that locked room? Jesus, there's the, the, the Messiah, they believed was the Messiah, the one they'd left everything for. He had just been crucified on a cross. They thought it was over. They, they thought they had been played. Doubt and fear crept in. Jesus, what? You're leaving us? What? What are you talking about? 
You ever had questions? You ever doubted? You ever, ever had fear? You ever think, maybe I, you don't have this whole thing figured out? If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you're like, man, I, I don't know what to think about this Jesus guy. I, I think I know him, and then something happens in my life, and then I don't. I, man, that was the disciples. Even after walking side by side with Jesus for several years, they didn't have it all figured out. They still messed up. Peter still denied Jesus. After all that time with him, you ever felt like that? You ever mess up? You ever think you're headed in the right direction and then you screw up and you mess up? Man, that's who Jesus is talking to here. Can you believe it? That's who Jesus is talking to here. He's saying, you guys, you, who haven't still, you still haven't figured it out. You still don't really fully understand who I am. You still mess up. Peter, you're going to deny me, but God has a huge plan for your life in spite of that. God tells this group, God has a huge plan for your life. He's got a greater plan than you could ever imagine. And if you believe in me, you trust in me, you'll do what I've been doing. In fact, you'll do even greater things. And you know what? They did. They did. Peter, who denied Jesus, saw Jesus risen from the dead. The Bible says in Acts 2, all of these guys, they receive the, the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, it says that Peter stands up, he raises his voice, and he shouts to the crowd, and then begins to talk about Jesus. 3,000 people that day came to know Jesus and they got baptized. In one day, 3,000. The disciples, everywhere they went, they would lay hands on people and people would receive the Holy Spirit, which was the presence of God inside of you when you commit your life to Jesus. They would go to people and people would hear the gospel and hear them preach. And as they would pray over them and, they, and those people would give their lives to Jesus, they would receive the Holy Spirit with the touch of the disciples' hands. They would heal people just like Jesus did. They would travel all over the known world. And everywhere they went, they would start making disciples of Jesus who would then make disciples of Jesus. Everywhere they went, movements would break out of disciples making disciples. Jesus literally used that group to change the world. The group who didn't have it all together, who were notorious sinners from broken situations, normal, everyday, average group of guys. That's who he told. You'll do the things that I've been doing and you'll do even greater things. And they did. Jesus used that group, a, gr a group more like you and I than you could ever possibly imagine, to change the world. God has a huge plan for you. A greater plan than you could ever imagine. And here's some things you need to understand about God's great plan. God's greater plan is not based on your past. Isn't that good news? God's greater plan for your life, his huge plan for life, it, has not, it, it isn't based on your past, where you've been, or, or what you've done, or how you've messed up. There's nothing that you've done in your past that God can't forgive and redeem and use, actually, for his glory. So God's greater plan, it isn't based on your past. Next, watch this, it's not based on your present. You're struggling right now. 
Not too sure about this whole Jesus thing. Maybe since you've been in college, your spiritual life has been up and down. It's like you're running from God and then you're running to him and then you mess up and you're, you're running from him again. God's greater plan for your life isn't based on what happened today or what your current struggle is. It's not based on your present. Next, God's greater plan is actually impossible for you. That's what's so amazing about it is you'll see God in his greater plan for your life as you believe in him and as you pursue him. He'll do impossible things that you couldn't do on your own. You'll, you'll be faced with impossible situations. As Jesus said, what's impossible for man is possible for God. God's greater plan is, 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 is for your life. It's so huge. It, it might seem impossible. If you could zoom out and you could see all of it, it would seem impossible. But through God, all things are possible. So God's greater plan, it, it's impossible for you. Next, it withstands setbacks and sufferings. God's greater plan for your life can withstand the, the setback that you've experienced or the suffering, the, the trial that you've experienced. You see, God's greater plan for your life is, is so huge. It's above your setback, your mess up. It's above the suffering and the grief that you might be experiencing right now in this moment. It's above the anxiety or the depression that you're experiencing right now. God's greater plan for your life, it's bigger than those things and it can withstand those setbacks and sufferings. It can turn a setback into a setup. It can turn defeat into victory. God's greater plan can turn your mess into a message. God's greater plan for your life can withstand your momentary setback and your momentary suffering. Next, God's greater plan is often revealed turn by turn. And what I mean by that is, is often, and most of the time, you're, you're not gonna get God's plan all laid out for you for the rest of your days. It's not, you're not gonna receive this great plan like this roadmap where you see everything that's gonna happen to you and where it's gonna take you. That's not how it works. A lot of times God will give you a glimpse or maybe even a vision of the, the future and what he wants for your life and where he's taking you, but to get you there, he's gonna bring you there turn by turn so that as you face something, you have to seek God so that you continue in relationship with him because God ultimately knows, like it says in Psalm 16, that in his presence there is joy and eternal pleasures at his right hand, that the place you're going to find fulfillment and peace and joy is in relationship with him. And so he'll give you his plan a lot of times turn by turn so that you stay in relationship with him, so that you stay close to him. And when you get off course or when you miss that exit, what will Siri do? Recalculating. And they'll get you back on track as you listen to her voice. God's greater plan acts much the same way. Sometimes you'll, you'll know where God wants to take you because he's revealed that to you or he's told that to you or he's given you a vision or a dream of that, but to get there, it's gonna require turn-by-turn -turn directions that you'll receive 
from God as you seek him and as you grow in your relationship with him. Because God knows the best place for you to be where you're gonna find the most joy and fulfillment and satisfaction is in relationship with him, where you seek him and you ask him. Turn by turn, step by step, what it is that he wants you to do. So God's greater plan is often turn by turn. And then finally, it's greater than your plan. God's greater plan for your life. Listen, can I tell you this tonight? Whatever plans you may have, whatever dreams you may have for your life, God's plan is so much greater than anything that you could come up with. God's greater plan is better than your plan. It always is. Because God is creator. And he knows the way this life works. And because he created you, he knows the way that you work inside and out. The Bible says in Psalm that God formed you in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. And so God's greater plan for your life, it's greater than your plan. And some of us, find ourselves in a place tonight where we still think our way is better or that my plan is better or that the choices I've made are, are better than what God has for me. And can I tell you tonight, just as a warning, just in love, as I would warn my own kids who disagreed with me trying to protect them and help them grow and experience life to its fullest, Your dad knows better. His plan for you is better. And when you do things your way, if you haven't figured this out yet, you will. You'll, you'll continue to experience pain and regret and consequences. You'll experience emptiness until you begin to pursue God's greater plan for your life. You know, many of you know that um, in middle school and high school, I couldn't get up in, in front of a crowd to save my life. I'll never forget, I was in, in high school, I was in 10th grade, my sophomore year, and I was doing this project and I had this red poster board and I had pictures or something on it, I was presenting something. And I, 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 there's a picture of me doing this and my face is as red as the poster board. Like I, I couldn't get up in front of a crowd to save my life. In middle school and high school, I was so self-conscious about who I was and the way that I looked. And I was so self-conscious about those things. Some of you guys know that my parents got divorced my junior year of high school and my family experienced a, a hell that I can barely begin to describe for years. I came from a broken family that went through divorce Many of you know my story in middle school and high school is that I made tons of mistakes. I have a very broken sexual past. I messed up over and over and over again sexually. And if you're here for long, you'll hear more about that. You'll hear some of my story there. 
But many of you know I messed up a lot throughout middle school and high school. So I tell you these things to, to, to tell you that there's no reason that I should be standing here talking about God's word. There, there, there's no way, there's no reason. If, I had, if you had told me that when I was in middle school or, or high school or, or even college, I would have thought you were crazy. That it would seem impossible to me. If you told me that when I was in college on the backside of my parents' divorce that at this point in my life, I would be married for 15 years this summer and have three kids, I would tell you, I'm not sure that's gonna happen. I'm from a divorced family. I'm from a broken family. That's not supposed to happen to me. The best things in my life right now I shouldn't get to have. And it makes no sense but God. But God had a huge plan for my life. a greater plan than I could ever imagine. And I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you with this picture. This is my wife, Darby, of almost 15 years this summer. This is my oldest, Levi, he's 10. Next is Coben, he's eight. My daughter, Nixon, she's four. And as you can tell, I clearly married up, although she, she can't keep her hands off of me, but I, I, I definitely married up. And the proof of that is right here, you know, one, two, three. So, um, but man, this picture right here, it's proof of God's greater plan for my life, that he had a huge plan for me that I couldn't have even possibly seen or imagined yet somehow my junior year of high school, I got into a group where I started reading the Bible and I started pursuing Jesus and turn by turn withstanding setbacks and suffering, I continued to follow Jesus. And so I've got a greater marriage than I've ever could have imagined. I've got a greater family than I could have ever imagined. I've got a greater job than I could have ever imagined. None of it that I deserve, none of it I earned, none of it practically just makes sense that I should get to have these things. But God had a better plan, a greater plan, a huge plan for my life. And the same thing is true for you. And some of you today, you find yourself struggling maybe with your identity or with your image and the way that you look. Or maybe you struggle with some addiction, whether it's to alcohol or drugs or porn or spending money or whatever it might is. You struggle with some addiction or maybe you struggle with anxiety or maybe depression and you find yourself in those, that situation tonight and you're saying, how could God have a huge plan for my life when I'm battling with this, when I'm struggling with this? 
And can I tell you tonight, that's your enemy, Satan. Putting that thought in your mind right now. You see, Jesus said about Satan, his adversary, our adversary, our enemy, that he prowls around like a lion looking for people to devour, looking to, for people to take out. That our enemy, Satan, will lie to you and steal from you and take from you and try to destroy your life. And so when I tell you tonight that God has a huge plan for your life, a greater plan than you could ever imagine, and you begin to come up with the reasons why they may not be true, that is your enemy, the devil, trying to take you out because Satan knows more about God's greater plan for your life than you do right now. And he wants to take you out. And I just thought as we came in tonight, what a shame it would be for the devil to know more about God's greater plan for your life, about his huge plan for your life, than you do. What a shame that would be. God has a huge plan for your life, a greater plan than you could ever possibly imagine. Hannah has been coming to Raider Church for the last couple of years, and she sent me her story, and I wanted to read it to you. And just illustrates a lot of what we've been talking about tonight. She said, I, I knew who Jesus was my entire life. But I felt as if he was a distant person. Maybe you felt the same way. Maybe you feel the same way tonight. Throughout my entire life, I was seeking for fulfillment that only Jesus could provide. I was caught up in a sinful lifestyle. I put my worth in parties, drugs, and boys. My sophomore year at Tech, I hit a wall. I found myself deeply depressed. Everything that I was consuming and surrounding myself with was literally sucking the life out of me. I'd come to Raider Church once at the beginning of the semester and didn't return until late November. But that night, the message was R2G, which is a series we do where we talk about what God's doing around the world and the nations. And she said this, the Holy Spirit was moving in power that night and I knew my life had to dramatically change. I heard there were billions of people who had never heard of Jesus and I knew who he was and still chose not to have a personal relationship with him. That was the night that Jesus changed my life. I knew I had to take action in playing a role in the nations. And so I joined one of our phase one groups, which is uh, training and, and, and taking next steps and getting some, uh, just discovering what it looks like to take next steps to go to the nations. And so she said, and then I went on a trip, one of our mission trips to Thailand. Throughout that time, I began actively living out my life for Jesus. I have so much love for Raider Church and what the Lord did in my life because of it. Now I'm in phase two, which is the second part of the training to go to the nations. She said, I'm being trained to go overseas within the next few years. God uses our lives to bring glory to his name. And we are so fortunate to be a part of something so much greater than ourselves. We have access to a personal relationship with the God of the universe. And through that relationship, we find our worth and identity. Hannah was seeking fulfillment in parties and boys and normal college life, right? She, that's what she was seeking fulfillment in. 
But she came here one night and God spoke to her and it changed her life forever. And she realized that God had a greater plan for her life than she could have ever possibly imagined. So she came to tech partying and dating and thinking that was the the end all be all. That was what life was about. That's what college life was about. And now she's headed to Thailand within a few years as a missionary. What a change in direction that only God can do. God has a greater plan for your life than you could ever possibly imagine. But you know, Jesus said in John 14, he said, anyone who believes in me, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I've been doing and they'll do even greater things. So here's the the last thing you need to know about God's greater plan. It's this, to experience God's greater plan, you must pursue the great planner. To experience God's greater plan for your life, his huge plan for your life, you must pursue the great planner. You see, that's the thing about God's greater plan for your life. It's kind of like it's password protected. You know, I switched phones recently and um, I tried to log back into my bank account and I couldn't do it. It was telling me I had to re-enter my password. Well, I just, I was trying to use my fingerprint and then the face ID and then nothing was working. I was having to re-enter my password. Well, I didn't know it. I set that password years ago and I couldn't remember the password. And so I couldn't get it. So I was trying all these different passwords and I couldn't get in. And it, eventually it locked me out. And I was sitting in my car over the break trying to log back into my online banking and I was, I was punching my steering wheel. I was getting so mad and so frustrated that I couldn't get into my bank account. Some of you guys know, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it did the same thing to you with your social media account and you couldn't live without it for like an hour a day or, or you know, or a month and it's hopeless, right? Can't get into Twitter. I mean, the world's ending, it's falling apart. And what's the deal with these passwords now? They gotta be uppercase and lowercase and you gotta have a number and a symbol and it's gotta be eight plus digits and it's just impossible now. But God's plans, his greater plan for your life, it's password protected. You see, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I've done. In fact, you'll be doing even greater things than I've done. Jesus is telling the disciples, guys, I promise I've got a huge plan for your life, but it's for those who believe in me, who follow me, who pursue me. Because Jesus knew the best place the disciples could be in, the best place for you and me is to be in relationship with him. So to experience God's great plan for your life, the greater plan, you must pursue the great planner. To pursue or to pursuing the the great planner gives you access to the greater plans. And so tonight I've got two challenges. One, first one is if you're not a follower of Jesus, tonight my challenge for you is to Give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight, you've been running from God. I want you to know the Bible says in Romans 
It says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. While we were sinners, like in other words, in the midst of our running from God, God loved you so much anyways that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin, to pay the fine that you and I owe. You see, the Bible says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's standard to go to heaven and to have a relationship with him. The Bible also says there's a fine to be paid for our sin. It's eternity separated from God in hell. You break man's law, you pay man's fine. You break God's law, you pay God's fine. So some of you here tonight, you've been running from God. You've never given your life to Jesus. Tonight's your night to give your life to Jesus and to pursue the great planner so that you can experience God's great plan for your life. You know, Hannah said that doing things her way and living out her plan for life was sucking the life out of her. Maybe you find yourself in that spot tonight. You've been doing things your way. You've been running from God. And you find that that's just sucking the life out of you, leaving you unfulfilled, leaving you empty and leaving you in pain. Tonight, give your life to Jesus and begin that relationship where you can begin to experience God's great plan for your life. And then two, the second challenge is this. You need to go all in with Jesus first, but then secondly, I wanna challenge you to go all in with Raider Church. To get involved in a community of believers, a family that's trying to follow Jesus together. And so I wanna challenge you, come back next week. Get involved in one of our small groups. Start a group for you and your friends where you read the Bible together and we can help you with that. You can talk with one of us afterwards. But get involved, get plugged in, keep coming. Go all in with Raider Church so that you can begin to experience God's greater plan for your life together with other followers of Jesus. Let's pray. And tonight, just with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna ask you a question. It's just between you and God. If you're here tonight and you'd say, you know what? Things haven't been going too well in my life. I've I felt kind of like Hannah empty, broken, pain, regret, emptiness. You might say, man, just things have not been going well in my life. Maybe I've been running from God. But tonight I wanna experience God's greater plan for my life. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me? It's kind of confession between you and God. Hands going up everywhere. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, yep, that's me. Things haven't been going well. I've been doing things my own way. But tonight I want to come back to God and pursue the great planner so that I can experience his greater plan for my life. Again, if that's you, just slip up your hand just as a way of confession. Just say, God, I'm, I'm wanting to come back to you tonight. I want to go all in with Jesus tonight so that I can experience your great, huge plan for my life. God, I pray for every person right now with their hands up. God, that you would give them the strength 
in this moment to believe and to trust. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I've been doing, will do even greater things. Anyone who believes in me will experience my great plan for their life. And so Jesus, I pray for those that have risen their hand tonight and everyone else got in the room that we would trust in Jesus, we would believe in Jesus, we would follow Jesus, love Jesus, worship Jesus so that we can experience your greater plan for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now would you all stand, our band's gonna lead us in a time of worship tonight. And as they begin to play and as you stand, Psalm 33 verse 11 says this, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Psalm 40 verse five says this, O Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans are too numerous to list. So God's plans for your life are too numerous to even list and nothing can change his plans for you. They stand firm forever. God's got a greater plan for your life, a greater calling, a greater purpose, a greater joy than you could ever possibly imagine. So who in here, who's thankful for the great planner who has a greater plan for your life than you could ever imagine? Let's worship tonight that great planner.